following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. We've been talking about being filled with the Spirit, and um, I want us to do a little bit of a case study here this morning before we get started, and I just want us to consider um, the change that came upon the disciples after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to suggest that there were these 12 men, or actually 11, because one of them had betrayed him and was no longer with them, but the there was these 12 men that we got to watch for, uh, through the scriptures for three years, three plus years, walking with Jesus, and we saw all their frailties, all their weaknesses, and we got to know impetuous Peter. We got to know doubting Thomas. We got to understand John. We got to understand Matthew. We got to understand the disciples a little bit, and we saw, we saw things like them arguing at the Last Supper. Come on. There's an artist there painting a picture of them. Just kidding. No, but at the Last Supper, they get into an argument. They're finally realizing Jesus is saying he's going to the cross. Their argument is this. Which one of us will remember as being the greatest? That's the team that he had assembled. And that's where they're at after three years of walking with him. And that's the team that he says, yea, go team into all the world. Yea, team, and preach the gospel, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the team. But... He had told them that it was necessary that he go so that he could send another helper. What they didn't realize is how much help they needed. And they did not realize that the helper that would be sent was more help than the one standing in front of them telling them that he was sending a helper. It was going to be more helpful than the one who had walked with him for three years and, and discipled them and taught him his ways and taught them his nature, but they weren't getting it. But he promises that there will be one who will come and he will remind them of things that he had said because they weren't remembering it. He would take uh, some things that they were not yet ready to hear and they would be told it. The things that belong to him would be made known to them. Really, the thought there is will be made in you. And so then we come to this day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes and everything changes. And this shy, fearful Peter who had uh, recoiled at the pronouncement of a little woman around a campfire saying, you were with Jesus. And he said, no, I wasn't. I didn't know the damn man. What it says, says he cursed. You pick your word. (laughs) 
But on the day of Pentecost, this same Peter now is like a different person and he's full of boldness and there's a tenacity and a feistiness within him. I didn't do that on purpose. And there... <laughs> and <laughs> just, just thought you should know. <laughs> And there's a tenacity on the inside of him and there's a fire on the inside of him. And he preaches to a bunch of people who had just killed his Savior for the very things he's going to now say. And he's a new man. And the whole bunch is a new, new group of people. They get along and those who were walking in pride wondering who's going to be the greatest now understand that Jesus, what Jesus said... He who is greatest among you, let him be servant of all. And they're serving one another, loving one another. And they understood what Jesus said. The love of God is shed abroad in their heart. And they get what Jesus said. Oh, by our love, we will be recognized as his disciple. There's only one that's the greatest, and it him. And so they began to preach him. And they become men of humility. Not only that, but something miraculous happens. And these who had from a young age, because of their Jewish tradition, memorized scripture, all of a sudden they know stuff. And they know things. And that which they had gotten from memory and from being told and from pages on a scroll and writings, all of a sudden, don't they, they've got the author living on the inside of them, helping understand why what was written was, was written so that Peter could stand up and say, listen, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. He didn't know that he was prophesying that it would be poured out on the Gentiles too, but that's what he did. Upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my maidservants and my manservants I will pour out my spirit. And they will prophesy. This is that. Peter says. That Peter. He's a changed man. And now. The change that could not be brought by Jesus from the outside going in while he was one among them. Now the change is being made by Jesus living on the inside by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. Remember, he had told them, we uh, will not, we, me and my father, will not leave you orphans. We're going to come and we're going to make our home in you. And that's what changed them. So on the day of Pentecost, they get this awesome infilling that totally changes them from who they were. See, this, to, they're, they're totally renewed. They're totally remade. 
This is why the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians and is correcting them concerning their sectarianism. They're arguing among themselves about, you know, different theological things and all that. And he says, knock it off. You're acting like mere men. Well, weren't they men? No, they weren't mere men. They weren't normal people. They were born of the Spirit. They were people who had gone through a regeneration. And so my question to you this morning is the same as it was about 10 minutes ago. When is the last time you were renewed by the Holy Spirit? When's the last time you were born again again? In the mid-90s, we had years of revival meetings. Different years, different lengths of times. But Pastor Dave and I talked about it over the years, and I hope you still agree. <laughs> People, including ourselves, were getting born again, again. It was like, oh, we thought we knew everything. We found out we didn't know anything. But more than that, we, we felt we knew, understood the things of God and the things of the Spirit, and we realized we didn't understand anything, and we still don't. That's what part of what was imparted to us. God is really big, and He can do amazing things in a human life, in a human heart, if He's given room and time. One of the things that marked those times, and... One of the things that marked those times was meeting every day for a season, whether it was a week, sometimes two weeks. One time it was for five months, almost every night. And there becomes a saturation of the presence of God. And I'm not saying we need to go back to that or suggesting that we even should. But I am suggesting we need to give him room to be God and to be this spirit that he's promised to be that brings the change to us that he brought to the disciples. Something else we also agreed on is we'll never manufacture that which is false. We'll never try to reinvent that and we'll never manufacture something to take its place. We won't. It's too cheap. And it's not authentic. But there is an authentic move of God that we're believing for and we are seeing and sensing and feeling. And so are you. And there's a hunger and a thirst. And it is for the authentic. And it is for the real. I told you about the vision the Lord gave me one time of a book signing like at a Barnes and Noble, doesn't matter, but I just saw it. I don't remember whether it was a dream or a vision or halfway in between. But I saw a figure weeping off in the corner. 
And I asked the Lord, who is that and why is he weeping? He said, that's the Holy Spirit. And he's weeping because people are more in love with his book than they are the author. It is my desire that in these days, the author of the book would open up the book to us in brand new ways. That educates the heart, not the head. Don't misunderstand me. The head has to be educated but it's called a renewing of the mind. And it comes from heart to head, not vice versa. How many of you have ever read something and it made no sense to you, but you knew there was something there that was doing something in you? Let's open our Bibles to the Gospel of John <clears throat> in chapter 3. Pretty familiar piece of Scripture. <clears throat> I'm going to begin at verse 1 of chapter 3 and read down to verse 12. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher from, come from God, for no one could do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Most surely I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you ever notice how Jesus seldom answers a question or speaks concerning what was just spoken? He goes way ahead of where Nicodemus would maybe going to eventually get. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. But you can't tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and you do not know these things? Most assuredly I say to you that we speak what we know, and we testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness." If I have told you of earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And of course, we know that if we read on, we get to John 3.16, where he says, God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. But I wanted us to focus this morning on that term, born of the Spirit. 
That which is flesh is flesh and is born of the flesh. That which is spirit is spirit. You and I were all born of water. Jesus, and I'm not calling into question, I believe or suspect that we are all have been born of the Spirit. If you're here this morning and you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life, I encourage you to do so. There will be prayer teams available after the service. I'll be available. Pastor Dave, any number of people would be happy to pray with you. Jesus was just reverse. He was born of the Spirit. And to save you and I, he had to become born of water. That's what the virgin birth was all about. That's what coming into the earth as a baby was all about. It was becoming one of us so that he could rescue us. But you and I are born of the Spirit. And we need to understand that that means that our spirit has been made alive. And in the people that you rub shoulders with throughout your day, not everyone has their spirit made alive and has been born of the Spirit, like you. That's why, so we need to understand that our existence is primarily spiritual. We're a new creation. We need to understand we're not the normal humans we were. For one thing, we are destined to live forever. We're unkillable. That's what made the Apostle Paul so bold. They threatened to kill him. He said, good, I've been wanting to go home anyway. Okay, um, well, we'll put you in prison. Oh, good, I wanted to start a prison ministry. I mean, they, what can they do? One of the secrets to this Christian life that you and I walk is we, we no longer fear death. We have a hope and a confidence. We are eternal beings on our way to heaven. And we're already walking in eternal life. Now I realize that for many of us in the room, old, uh, you know, the outward man might be perishing. But the inward man is being renewed day by day. That's the promise. That's why the Apostle Paul writing. So he says, because the outward man is perishing and the inward man is being renewed day by day, look at the things which are unseen rather than the things which are seen. I've learned this. The older I get, the more interested I am in seeing the things that are not seen. Because quite frankly, the things that are seen bore me. That being said, I can look out a window where an oak tree used to be and enjoy the oak tree that's just beyond where the big one used to be. And I can see the unseen things. I can see the beauty of a creator who created something so amazing that that thing grows from a little seed and becomes so strong. It baffles me. But I'm looking at the unseen things. 
Why? Because the unseen things are eternal. The seen things are temporary. I want to suggest the thing that you and I can invest ourselves in more than anything else are the things that are eternal. Which pretty well narrows it down to people. And depending on your faith level, maybe your dog or cat. <laughs> I don't know. I'll be honest. I haven't theologically studied that out. But the reality is that people are the thing that we can invest ourselves in. And if, they're, if we find people who are not born of the Spirit, we can help them find their way. But because you and I are born of the Spirit, we need the Spirit. One of our core values here at Living Waters is that we will contend for the presence of God. Why? Because we need His presence. We need His person. We, we're, really, we're just saying the Holy Spirit present within and manifesting and present from without and resting, strengthening, encouraging. So I do ask again, by the way, any of these questions I'm asking you, I've been asking myself real hard. <laughs> when is the last time you were born of the Spirit? We see on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, the disciples, the, whole, the 120, get filled with the Holy Spirit, and they go out and minister like new men and women with a new boldness, a new character, a new everything, because the indwelling Christ is within them. But we find some of them, again, in chapter 4, asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit again, because they just got called in front of the authorities and were told not to preach in this name of Jesus anymore. And I want to suggest to you that they got born of the Spirit again. By that I mean they got renewed with the Spirit again. They changed yet again from who they were. It says they, they went out with a boldness, a new boldness. And I want to suggest that you and I are in a constant state of change. And we need, from time to time, whatever that looks like for you, but we need to be born of the Spirit, fresh and new. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.